It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.06 on a Saturday morning, 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden, the last hour of Lawn and Garden. If you have not gotten your garden question answered this morning, all you got to do is call 404-872-0750. I'm Walter Rees. I'm the, well, some call me the Georgia Gardener. Some people call me crazy man because of the things that I say seem not to make sense. But I try my best to have answers that are based in research, tempered a little bit with experience, and give you something that really does work. No over-the-counter stuff of Dawn dish detergent and hydrogen peroxide and cigar butts mixed up together, make some crazy formula. That is not what I'm about. I'm about things that really do work based on research. 404-872-0750. And Peg and Tucker joins us. Hey, Peg, good morning. Hey, Walter, how are you? I'm doing great. What can I do for you, Peg? I've got mimosa trees again, and yes. they're all over the place they're about two feet high yeah. um they've got fern next to them and other bushes next to them yeah that i don't want to kill but i want to get rid of those mimosa trees when i chop mine with a little machete little axe thing that i have with a sharp <laughs> end on it they don't come back that strongly so i've chopped them more than anything else peg i don't think you need to spray anything you don't want to hurt your ferns and the other plants around it so just chop a little bit go out there walk around every week or two and chop the mimosa trees <laughs> oh oh that's the best you can do i told a lady yesterday who had a problem with poison ivy i said look i got this little trigger spray bottle that i have in my carport that has roundup in it and every oh, seven ten days maybe i walk around my whole property that little trigger spray of, of stuff in it and if i see poison ivy if i see wild violets if i see uh, some other plants that i don't like everyone i mean it's a little squirt you need to walk around with that machete and give every one of those little mimosa trees a little chop pig that's what you need to do um, my machete hand isn't working right oh, now. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> Go find somebody to work for you and get them to do it for you, Peg. You can do it. You go over there to the hardware store, stand out front and say, does anybody here know how to operate a machete? And somebody will help you and will get you, uh, get you all your mimosa trees killed. That's what you need to do. Thanks, Walter. You bet, Peg. Thanks for calling. 404, well, you know the phone number. Let's go to the phone. Let's not waste time giving phone numbers. Uh, Paul in Gainesville joins us. Hey, Paul, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What can I do for you? I have an issue where I cannot grow plants in an area under a tree. It's a maple mm. tree. Okay. Uh, and when I've looked at my research, I found that it's a root rot of some kind. If I huh. put vinca in within almost hours or days, they're dead from the root up. Vinca, the vine vinca you're talking about? Yes. Okay. And now I just put some begonias in, thinking, well, maybe the plant just can't stand that area. And about uh, 10, a dozen of my gonia plants, oh, same no. problem. Yeah. I've, I've removed some soil. I've done the tarp over the area to bake the fungicide out. Mm -hmm. I've even used a product called T-H-I-O-M-Y-L, which is a systemic fungicide. Oh, thiophenyl methyl. Okay, go ahead. And none of them seems to work. 
Hmm. You know what I would do is rather than going with more, I know that you want something ornamental underneath there, but I would run with a different class of plants entirely. What about ferns? What about autumn fern underneath? Paul? Well, the problem is it's the focal point of the house. Oh, right dog it. So it can't that. be, you know, uh, ferns. What about variegated Solomon seal? It gives you, it doesn't flower. Well, it does flower, but the variegated leaves are real pretty. And it, uh, you know, just nicely in the shade. That's another sort of class of plants, not like a begonia, not like vinca, that might be better suited if there is root rot underneath it. Now, <clears throat> of course, root rot is associated with more moisture in the soil. So if there's anything that makes water go across underneath the maple trees, then you certainly want to control that too. Well, again, it's got grass lawn around it, so yeah. you need to run the irrigation to keep the grass green, and that does mm. the rotor goes right over top of where the vinca is. That sounds like that could be something to fix, then, Paul. Can you not move those rotors somehow? Or get the irrigation people. Yes, yeah, as soon as you come over with a shovel and a pickaxe, we can start <laughs> digging up the lawn. <laughs> That's not going to be my job today, I don't think. Let me think then, Paul. Check your, check your um, job description. Yeah, if you can fix the water situation, you may have gotten a real leg up on the problem. It does, if if the irrigation is water in that area, then that's going to lead to foliar diseases as well as maybe root rot too. Sure. So I think that's really the, the, the direction to head is try to fix the water problem and then start planting things that can tolerate the shade underneath the maple tree after that. All right. Thank you, Walter. Paul, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. We got uh, who's comes down here. Aaron is up and coming. Joins us on Lawn and Garden. Aaron, good morning. Hey, Walter. How are you? Hey, Aaron. I'm doing great. How can I help? Um, so I'm planting some um, knockout roses. I'm moving them from the backyard to the front yard. And okay. I've transplanted roses before, and I've had great success. Okay. Um, I am trying to figure out if I did something wrong this time or if maybe the plants are just in shock. Um, I moved them yesterday, mm -hmm. planted them, watered them, fertilized them, and they're really droopy today. Are they just in shock, or did I do something wrong? It's hot. Come on, Erin. I know. It, it's hot, <laughs> but the ground was soft from all the rain. Yeah. So and it's so, easier to get them out. It, it, hey, I agree with you completely. Sometimes when the ground is soft, that's the time you transplant. It doesn't matter what the temperatures are. The ground is soft. Do it now. Strike while the iron is hot. Right, right. It was so much easier to get them out. So are yeah. they just in shock? Should I just keep an eye on them? Or? Yeah. It seems to me, I mean, knockouts are really tough plants generally. And if you've got a minimal amount of roots on them, and I know you know how to do, um, yeah, I think I would just make sure the roots don't dry out, certainly, and maybe a little extra water to keep the soil a little bit on the soggy side for a day or two or three. And I think it'll probably pull through. Did you? Okay, were they I, real I, big, Aaron, or just? They were huge, actually. Um, they had been there for a while. We bought the house, and they were already there, so they're very, yeah. very old. Huge, there was some pretty thick five, roots I had to cut, but most I got most of the roots out. Five feet high, ten feet high. How big was huge? Oh no, not ten feet. Uh, probably five feet, and they're pretty big around. So. You know, I don't often say to prune things back, but you might be to the advantage of pruning those knockouts back a little bit. Let's reduce them from, if they're five feet tall, reduce it down to at least three. Let's take okay. off some of the foliage on there. That, that'll help, <clears throat> I think, for them to not need quite as much moisture as the roots are not able to provide right now because you, you know, had to chop a few of them off. So I think mm -hmm. pruning it back and persistent watering, that's going to be the way to go. Okay, okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Thanks for calling, Aaron.
Okay, you have a great day. Thank Thir- you. <clears throat> 13 minutes past the hour. My voice fails once again. Let's go to Norman in Loganville. Hey, Norman. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Doing all right. What's going on? Uh, we bought this house in October. We've got a number of fruit trees. Uh, the apples and pears seem to be doing okay, but the peaches, they've got what I think is brown rot. All yeah. my peaches look like big, giant prunes. Yeah, that um, sounds right. <laughs> Now, underneath all these peach trees, the people that had the house before, there is a ton of shrubbery hmm. going right next to the trees. And we're wondering if we got to cut the shrubs out uh, to reduce some of the fungus. And how do I treat these? Do I have to, are these trees just shot and i got to cut them all down? Yeah, the shrubs don't have anything per se to do with the disease, but... What the shrubs are doing is hiding the diseased fruit that have fallen from the trees in the last year or two. And that diseased fruit does have fungi on it, which then gets pushed up by wind and splashing and insects and stuff onto the new fruit each year. So the shrubs, in a sense, are helping you, helping the disease to survive simply by hiding the pits and the skins and the things underneath them that you can't get to because the shrubs, the shrubs are there. Right. So... If you don't want to remove the shrubs, you're going to have to spray oh, the, the peaches. But if you want to remove the shrubs, you'll be a little bit further ahead of the whole game. And you'll still have to spray uh-huh. the peaches more than likely because brown rot is hard to control without spraying. But if you'll do the spraying starting in the spring, Norman, when the peach is blooming, is when the first initial fungicide spray goes on. So okay. one spray when the blooms are pretty much all open and another spray when they're about three quarters of the way all falling off. And that's just a straight fungicide, not an insecticide, just captan is what most people use, captan fungicide. And spray that then and then transfer to a insecticide fungicide mixture when the blooms are gone. You don't have to worry about hurting the bees. And hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll get the disease, the brown rot under control after a year or so, and you'll begin to get some good peaches. Oh, oh, one more thing, Norman. Let me add to that. And sanitize Uh underneath the tree. Every year, if you take the shrubs out, then go ahead and replace the mulch every year just to get the leaves and anything that fell that you don't know about. To get that out of there, too. Replace the mulch and sanitize under the tree. Okay, second question from you. Uh, Second question. Uh, Our front yard is pretty much a mud pit. Uh, We've got a ton of trees there. Yeah. What is a good ground cover it doesn't get too high that I can place there to cover the yard with. Oh, I'm using Mondo grass in my backyard to great effect. It grows in the shade. It grows uh, without any care, maybe more than once or twice a year. Mondo grass, monkey grass, it could work in the shade. Um, you know, people disagree, but I could plant English ivy if I promise not to let it climb up the maple tree. That would be fine with me. Oh, English ivy is a possibility. No, I, I, there was so much ivy there. I got rid of it. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, vinca vine. What about vinca vine is a possibility. Periwinkle is another name for vinca vine. That's a possibility, that good. Okay, too. I appreciate it. Shade-loving, ground-covering plants. Maybe even a juga. Yeah, that's a possibility, too. A juga is a... Is a likely candidate as well. All right, thank you very much. You bet, Norman. Drive safely. We'll see you soon. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Norman's place. It's 817, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend, and the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. News Talk WSB. We also need a weather report brought to you by Ackerman Security. The day high of 89 degrees, low tonight 72, partly cloudy during the day today. Sunday scattered thunderstorms possible high of 85, low of 72. Your full weekend forecast will come up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Les in Atlanta needs some love and needs to answer questions about his dogwood tree as well. Good morning, Les. Hey, Walter, how are you doing this morning? Fine, sir. How can we help? Well, Walter, I've got questions about my dogwood trees. Uh, now, they're at a property that I have down in South Georgia, and I'd say I'm maybe five miles from the Georgia-Florida line. Okay. And I have, a, would say, at least two dozen or so dogwood trees, and they're about 40 years old. They're planted when the, when the house was built. And uh, I've got some limbs on some of them. They're just tiny. They're just mm. brown and dead, and mm. and then the other limbs on the same tree are, are green. And I'm just wondering what in the world could be going on. And and dogwood trees have a life expectancy. Yeah, of course. You and me and dogwood too. Uh, what I'm thinking about those dogwood trees down there in South Georgia is they're thinking. Les, why did you put us in South Georgia? We would rather be in North Georgia, where it's cooler. Well, I can't help that. That's where that house is. Well, here's some things you could have done 40 years ago <laughs> when you, you planted them first. Make sure the roots on the dogwoods are as cool as possible, because roots are part of the whole equation of making a dogwood happy. And you can still do that now, even. You're going to probably lose the limbs that are dying on it because dogwoods, that's typically what happens. They lose a limb here and a limb there, and eventually, possibly, the whole tree goes. But their typical lifespan is around 25, 35 maybe years. 40 years is a good good old age for a dogwood to last. So in South Georgia, with the heat down there, I would say you've gotten all the good out of them you're going to get pretty much less. So that's not uncommon then. I didn't know if I had some kind of disease going on, because I'd say about a year ago, one of them just, I mean, just completely died. The bark fell off of it, and I just had to cut the tree down. You just got South Georgia disease. That's all it is, South Georgia disease, 100-degree day disease. That's what you have. So uh, a hot weather and dogwood trees just don't mix. They They are not new. They are not happy in the heat. No, sir, they're not. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess it's just the way it's going to go. I tell my wife, just that's the way it is. Let's water them. But, honey, I'm going to find you another tree, another 20 or 30 trees down there, not dogwoods, but something else, and they'll look just as pretty and dig it up and make her happy, unless I think everything would work out fine. Walter, I sure appreciate you answering my question. It's great talking to you, Les. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. We'll see you soon. We got Valerie on the line. Valerie wants to get rid of some privet. I do, too, Valerie. What do you got? Um, yes, over 40 years ago, my grandfather planted um, privet bush to yeah. try to decorate. And on this one piece of property where I moved to my grandmother's, I've cut down and cut down, and I'm tired of cutting. And um, what what can I put on them to get rid of it? 
Valerie, my family is celebrating because yesterday we sold my mother and father's property in Fayette County, and it's got just as much privet on it now as it has when I was 10 years old and started with my father pulling privet there then. I no longer have to worry about it anymore. It's not my privet anymore to deal with. <laughs> the best thing you can do is simply to be persistent. You can't let it get ahead of you. We let it get ahead of us. We thought we had it under control in 1972, and then we thought we had it under control in 1985, and then we let it in 1992. I think we had a good bit of it under control then, and it's still growing. So what you do, Valerie, is you chop, you spray, you mow, you pull, you do anything you can to get all the sprouts away. And if you have property nearby, neighbors that let their privet grow everywhere, talk to your neighbors about controlling it on their property, too. Those seeds get spread by birds everywhere. Uh, my second question was um, a grass. I didn't have time when I laid the rock down, um, like put anything under it for yeah. the drop. And a grass, I, I put on, um, I guess, a cheap brand, and it just didn't really kill the grass. Mm -hmm. What to kill it and get it out of the rock? Look at um, <clears throat> some of the big box, <clears throat> excuse me, big box stores have a product called Durazone, D-U-R-A-Z-O-N-E, that Bayer makes. And it's made to do exactly what you want, which is to be sprayed on driveways and walkways and places where you're not trying to grow anything else. So it will control plants growing there for at least six months. But Durazone, that's what its job is, is to clear ground for six or eight months. And nothing grows there for a while. So look for Durazone, D-U-R-A-Z-O-N-E, um, made by Bayer. And you, I think we'll be able to find that at some of the big box stores around. It's 828 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. We'll be talking to our friend Mickey Gathaway from Pike Nursery to find out what plant is on sale this weekend. 20% off of it at 835. We'll talk to Linda and Haitland about hydrangeas, Shelby McDonough about her crepe myrtle, Mandy and Tucker about winterberries, Norma and Stone Mountain about hydrangeas, and Randy and Athens about growing ground cover under a sweet gum. All that coming up in the next half hour on Lawn and Garden. We'll see you right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 835 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever in the world you want to do in your garden, or if you want to stay out of your garden, I can help you there, too. There are days when I don't want to be in my garden. When it's 90 degrees in the afternoon, I'm thinking, no, we'll wait till tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow around 9.30, we'll go out and pull some weeds. Maybe do a little digging in the dirt tomorrow. That's when we'll do it. But if it's too hot for you and you want an excuse to stay out of your garden, give me a call, 404-872-0750. I think Mickey Gasway. No, let's wait till Mickey gets off the line with Ashley and talk to. Is she off now? She's off now. Great. Hey, Mickey. Good morning. Welcome. Good to morning. How are you? I'm doing great. As a matter of fact, I've had a fun morning, Mickey. Have you really? I've, I've listened to you on and off coming to work, and then I got busy. <laughs> I've, Ashley does such a great job screening calls, and it's not because she cuts anybody off, which she does not. Everybody who calls gets to be on the line with me, but Ashley does such a good job making the caller feel at home, number one, and helping them to clarify what they want to ask, number two, so it's sort of a short sentence of, I need this, I need that. 
Boy, this show would not be as good as it sometimes is without Ashley Frasco and you Jason Byers and his music right. as well. Both of them make the show. And then you and me sort of were the supporting player for the whole thing. That's right. That's exactly right. The Mickey G, so what is on sale of 20% off all Pike Nurseries this weekend? Well, Martha Stewart would say herbs. Herbs. We got herbs. some herbs. Herbs. But I say herbs. We got some basil and some rosemary and some thyme. And yeah, everything. I'm standing out here in the middle of it right now. Yeah. We've got oregano and basil and um, lemongrass. Um, sage, mint, um, lavender, thyme, everything. You know, one of the things that we don't maybe mention when you think about herbs, you think about herbs, you use them for cooking and, you know, doing culinary type stuff. But herbs many times are great forage for pollinators. They love the flowers. Oh, yes. Especially the parsley and the fennel and rue. Those are all for the big and the cat mint and well that's not really an herb but the cat mint is what another plant that the pollinators love and the lavender I looked yesterday there were like three little bees all over my lavender flower oh. just jumping around on there trying to get some nectar out of that which lavender do you have Mickey do you know do you, are you close enough to read the label uh, no I don't I'm back inside now so I don't know we usually carry you know a good selection hold on I'll walk back out there while we're talking. The and one, I'll see what the we one got. that I was looking at yesterday and just thinking, you are so pretty this year, was phenomenal. And there are a couple more that oh, yeah. I think have come after phenomenal, but the newer lavenders are not nearly as prone to poop out in hot, humid weather. Yes. I know in Atlanta. I go ahead. I'm sorry. I say in Atlanta we've had a lot of not a lot of problems, but just people who've grown lavender say, well, it just gets diseases and gets all sorts of pooping out problems in the middle of the summertime, but the newer lavenders have just done a great job, particularly phenomenal for me. Well, you know, I um, somebody told me a long, long time ago that if I would just add, add some gravel or something, make mm-hmm. sure it drained really yep. good. Yep. And so I used the, what is it? Soil Perfector. That's what yeah, I used. Sure, yeah. And, and it, it drained really well. And instead of mulching it with mulch or with uh, uh, pine bark or something like that. I mulch mine with sand, and it looks kind of funny at first, but after that, it um, it, it doesn't keep it wet underneath. Right. It keeps it dry, and I don't ever have that damping out that everybody else has. Soil Perfector is sort of a lightweight gravel made of expanded slate, and that's why slate. it helps slate to um, make the soil, as you say, drain fast. The sand certainly helps mm-hmm. as well. It really, I, I mean, my lavender is huge. And that's why it's because of it. Okay, I'm out here right now. We have Grosso. We have Provence. Provence is good. We have Headcoat. Right. We ha- I don't think we've got the one you would have. Super Blue. Oh, that's a good that. one. Sure. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's so pretty. It's blooming. Yeah, we've got some really pretty, pretty ones. Another hint that I'm very, you know, I follow very nicely myself is I never fertilize my herbs. I never fertilize the rosemary, never fertilize the lavender, because they seem to do better and have better taste to them when they don't have any fertilizer on them. Is that right? Well, yeah. I have to try that because I have. Well, but I'll have to try that. The basil maybe is the only one that I'll fertilize a little bit to get it up and growing real fast. Yeah. But it has. Um, 
done just fine without any added extra um, regular fertilizer. But the compost, my friend Miriam has grown basil this year in her raised bed. She has Uh the biggest crop of basil you've seen in your life and nothing but compost in that bed. And her basil looks great. Oh, well, that's great to know. I know it's easy to grow. And I usually grow my basil from seed. I'll grow one from a plant, and then I'll grow the rest of it to seed because it comes up so fast to seed. Yeah, she does the same thing, just seeds every spring. Have you got yours in containers, or have you got them in the ground, or what? I'm just looking at what hers looks like. Hers is in a container raised uh, off the ground a couple of feet, so it's easy to cut, easy to go outside the kitchen and cut them down and make basil pesto, whatever she wants to make out of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. How are classes? I think there's classes coming up right now, Mickey, at, at Pike. Don't we have some classes coming up soon? Sometime? Well, we've got something. It's not this next week, but the next week we've got them on succulents. Oh, that's right, the succulent. You know, that's what I saw. And that is my passion. So I'm going to get to do all those, so that'll be fun. We're doing one here at West Cobb, one at Lindbergh, one at Swanee, and one at Peachtree City. So that's the 10th, so check, through, 10th through the 14th, it looks like. Something like that, okay. yeah. Well, good. Well, so we didn't say again that these herbs that we've been discussing are all 20% off. That is a real deal. That's what we're supposed to talk about. 20% off all Pike Nursery locations. All you have to do, by the way, is tell the cashier because many times the cashiers don't know which exact plant that Saturday is the Pike pick. But today and tomorrow, all herbs, rosemary, basil, everything else, wholesale, 20% off. Put it in well-drained soil. Don't give it a lot of fertilizer. And you've got something to cook. And by the way, they're grown organically, so you can use them immediately. Most of them, most of them are grown organically. Is there any label on it that tells which ones yeah, might be? There's not a be? label, and it says organic. Oh, good. Okay. Well, then we uh-huh. know which ones are. Well, Mickey, okay, and I'm standing here with one of my favorite customers right now. His name is Joe Ray. Anybody <laughs> says Joe Ray, say he's going to buy some herbs. Well, good for okay? him. Be sure and give him a 20% discount. I'll give him the 20% discount. Mickey, if Joe wanted to go to some other Pike Nursery location, which I know he would never want to do, but if he did want to find a Pike Nursery location somewhere in the Atlanta area, where would he go? At pikenursery.com. Mickey, it's great talking to you. We'll see you next Saturday. Great talking to you. Bye. 404-872-0750. Get you in to take Mickey's place right there. Shelby is out in uh, McDonough. Hey, Shelby. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. I moved to a new location last year, and yeah. I have acquired a, it came with a crepe myrtle, and it's about 20 feet tall with three trunks that are about the size of my ankle. Nice. And they are so heavy, so top-heavy with all this rain and wind, I now have a weeping crepe myrtle. <laughs> the top is all the way on the ground, so yeah. I didn't know if I should prune it or leave it and let the sun draw it up. Do I need to stake it with a two-by-four or something to help it along, or... I would go for the prune method because it's not going to draw. The sun will not draw it up as you so accurately described. It's not going to make it straighten up a little bit, uh, a little bit, but not much. And so relieving weight because of all the rain. I think we had this spring just made all the crepe myrtles have a lot of new growth on them, so it came out real strong and long and lanky and flopped down when the rain hit it in the early part of June. So I think pruning as best you can to remove some of the weight is the right strategy. Okay, I just hated to start that crepe myrtle murder. That well, yeah, we always but you're not, you're not going to murder. You're just going to take some of the weight off the tips, okay. of the ends of the branches. All right. Be fine. And you know, I'll Shelby, I, what I can reach. how do you feel about ladders, Shelby? Well, you, my kids don't want me on a ladder, so I'll have to yeah. wait for somebody can hold a ladder. Or yeah, if you can get a, if it. you can get it, somebody that likes ladders, I'll tell you what I did for my crepe myrtle that is 
easily 40 feet tall in front of my house and has two opposing limbs. They were both of them in opposite directions, drooping over, and I thought, man, those are going to drop out and crack out of that tree and it'll be horrible, it'll ruin the form of the tree. And I simply climbed a ladder and took a big, wide nylon strap. It's easily two inches wide and tied one limb the one end of the strap and through the middle up high on the crepe myrtle and down to the other side to tie the other limb, drew them up together good so they're held and supported by this wide nylon strap. So if you can find somebody that likes to climb ladders and somebody that has a wide nylon belt, they go around a limb, pull it up to the middle of the tree and then down to the other side sort of balancing things out, you can hold those limbs up so they won't fall out next year. Okay, that sounds like a plan. That's a plan. I'll let you know what happens. All right. Keep (laughs) your insurance paid up. All right. We'll see you soon, Shelby. Thanks for calling. Mandy is in Tucker, Georgia. Hey, Mandy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hey, Mandy. I'm great. How can I help? Uh, We purchased some winter berries about three years ago, and they're beautiful. They're very healthy, lots of flowers, but no berries every year. And I need to know specifically what pollinator plants you recommend to plant nearby. This is winterberry holly you're talking about, Mandy. Um, I'm not sure. It's the the leaves are smooth and they're not. They don't have any. I'm assuming it's winterberry holly, but yeah. um, they have these beautiful red berries in the winter. Yeah, sure, winterberry holly. That's exactly what you have. Um, sh- it's going to blow out of my mind right now. What is it? It's not Sergeant. It is somebody with a military name to her. The Scarlet something. Oh, gosh. It's uh, Mandy, you can use a computer, can't you? Yes. <laughs> Good. Then go to my website, which is called WalterReeves.com. Uh-huh. What is the name of the one? Scarlet Sentinel? No. Doggone, I've forgotten the name. There is a male pollinator for winterberries because, as you know, or probably I think you know, um, a lot of hollies, the hollies with berries on them, are female plants. Hollies occur in such a way that the plants that have berries are female, and they have to have a male nearby to contribute pollen. And so there has to be one male for every five or eight or so um, female winterberries. So finding that male plant, not to every hard, pike sells male winterberry hollies, and you can find them at other nurseries around too. But if I could just remember the name of the male pollinator for winterberry, which I can't right now. But you, Mandy, are going to WalterReeves.com, type in winterberry or pollination holly or something like that, and you'll find it very quickly mm-hmm. there. Easy, easy peasy. I've got, um, my brain isn't working. Foster. Nope. Foster, Savannah, Possum Hall, Burford, Stevens, mm. Yalpon. Nope. I'm just trying to figure out which one is um, male. Oh, I see here. Yep, I, I see it. Um, okay, so can I ask you one more question? If it's real quick, yes. It's very quick because it's very common. My hibiscus, which is very hardy, stays outside. It's been alive for years. I'm having terrible problems with the leaves getting eaten, and I've tried a couple different things Um to get the aphids or whatever it is off and it's not working. What do you recommend? Hibiscus lace bug. Check, when you're on WalterReeves.com, check out hibiscus lace bug because that's what eats all the leaves on hibiscus. And <clears throat> if you wait until after the flowers are off of it so you don't hurt pollinators, but if you'll wait till after the flowers have fallen this um, later in the summer, use one of the systemics like bear tree and shrub or bonide systemic granules and put that on the ground underneath and that will poison the uh, lace bugs and the uh, hibiscus soft fly next year. 
Okay. Thank you so much, All Walter. Right. Great talking to you, Mandy. Thanks for calling. It's you 8, 847 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Partly cloudy today, high of 89 degrees today, low of 72. Tomorrow, scattered thunderstorms possible. It seems to be every day this week. High of 85, low of 72. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB at 8.54. Norma in Stone Mountain joins us. Hey, Norma. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I have my yearly hydrangea question. Yes, ma'am. I have hydrangeas that have tripled themselves out there, and I'm in a condo. It can't exceed the windowsill. Mm-hmm. I have flipped, cut, and done everything else I can do, but now they're fading. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to cut them back. It doesn't necessarily have to be now. I want you to tell me when would be the best time and to what height. Let's see, how high are, is the window ledge from the ground? Do you know? Is it three feet higher, waist higher? Well, I'm five three, and it's below my shoulder, but not much. Okay. You can do the pruning anytime between now and the 1st of August. And if you want to know the truth of the matter, I did mine day before yesterday. So my hydrangeas were easily five feet tall, most of them, and they're down at around two and a half to three feet tall today because that's what height will let them grow a foot or so. And they'll look fine next year at around four or five feet. Um, So for yours, if you want to cut them about a foot to maybe 16 inches below the window ledge, below the pipe that they can get to, that will keep them below the window and blooming and looking nice, but still able to see out, out of the window too. So about a foot to 16 inches below the window ledge is how low you cut your uh, hydrangeas. And you can do it anytime between now and August 1. And you think that I might get new blossoms on them between now and the end of the year because I pinched all the new growth. Yeah. I did everything I could to keep the, I'm just amazed. And that, if I can ask a real quick question, got a good neighbor. He heard the postman and a neighbor's spring snake, and he went to Home Depot and bought a big bag, and evidently it's to keep snakes away. Don't know what was in it. He walked the whole court, so we all got doused real good. Um <laughs> Do they have anything to do with the fact that these things tripled in size? No. Is there anything there's no, in that? There's no snake repellent that's effective anyway, so whatever he doused the whole court with didn't keep snakes away at all. So you waste your money on that, or he wasted his money on that. Well, I have used mothballs in the past years, and I never would know whether they worked or if there was never a snake to work on. Oh, well, your, your latter conclusion is correct. The mothballs don't work to repel snakes. And they're not labeled for use to repel snakes, and they are pretty dangerous for humans to breathe the fumes of in the third place. And so I do not ever recommend using mothballs for anything. But as far as the hydrangeas, going back to the hydrangeas, Norm, just prune them down to about a foot below the window ledge and let that be that. Get her done. 
and look around your feet. Look out for the snakes, too. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so okay, much. No, I appreciate we'll, it. You bet, Norma. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 404-872. You know what? One more real quickly. Brian, you have 22 seconds. Tell me what you got on your cucumber leaves. Yes, sir. I got some free ladybugs from Pikes. They seem yeah. to be doing great. Nothing on my tomatoes, no aphids. But I've had some orange ladybugs show up, and they are eating the heck out of my cucumber leaves. Because they're Freedom not ladybugs. Me. Those are Mexican bean beetles. Look for the little yellow things with the black spikes on them, the little yellow thing with spikes on them, or the larval form of the Mexican bean beetle. Those are not ladybugs, Mexican bean beetle. Look on my website, Brian. You can see the pictures of them there. If you didn't get your questions today answered, you can get it at WalterReeves.com. Sign up for the newsletter, follow me on Facebook or Twitter, or find up on, on Pinterest as well, where I have all those pictures of weeds and how to control them. Ashley Frasca did such a great job today screening calls for this show. We had such a great time with her. Jason Byers, fun at music this morning, has been awesome, outstanding, the best garden show music in the world right here on News Talk WSB. My friends, I will be here next Saturday morning with you. I start at 6 a.m. with all the garden questions we care to ask and answer. They're right here on News Talk WSB. I will see you then. Stay tuned for the Home Fix It Show. Dave Baker's in the house. Home Fix It Show, straight ahead.